Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the USA Today Network, welcome to The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Ross, Chris Eisman, and Steve Edelson. That's right. It's once again time for the Chopper Rutgers football podcast. Welcome into our signing day special episode. Ryan Ross here with Chris Eisman. The offseason heating up for the Scarlet Knights. No action on the field, but plenty of action off the field as new players start to join this Scarlet Knights program as Greg Schiano and staff bring players in and start building for 2023. Of course, the rebuilds continuing for this Rutgers squad. So very interesting to see who they're bringing in. Of course, players are leaving as well. Chris, this is the early signing day officially, but as Greg Schiano has said in sound clips on this podcast, that really the early signing day is the signing day. There is another one later on, of course, and this is all kind of fluid. And by the time we record and post this episode, more players might join, of course. But uh, as of now, this early signing day for Rutgers Who's in? Who's out? How do we make sense of this all? Well, you're absolutely right, Ryan. And this really is now, you know, people consider like the February signing day, the quote unquote traditional signing day. But this is really now the signing day. Um, the vast majority of kids are signing in December now. And, and a lot of them, and probably and Rutgers included, probably more than half. You know, we'll see what the official number is. But typically about half or, or a little bit more end up as early enrollees. And, and they're joining the program in, in January. Uh, which obviously gives them a huge head start with their development, you know, a chance to be with the team for spring practice. So that's a big benefit, a big opportunity. You know, it's not possible for everyone. Some schools don't allow it. Some aren't able to get their academics, you know, to the point where they're able to do that. But for, you know, and so there's various reasons allowing kids to do that or not do it. But um, certainly that would be a big benefit. And, and again, as I said, we'll see who joins Rutgers um, in in January. But regardless, they're signing this week. Um, and they're, you know, you Recruiting never stops in college football. We've talked about it before. Um, but, you know, if, you, if you've watched social media over the last week or so, week plus, you see that, you know, Greg Schiano's assistant coaches have been, uh, you know, traveling around, um, you know, making their kind of, the, you know, in-home visits to their recruits, trying to lock up this class. Uh, a whole bunch were on campus uh, this past weekend for their official visits. So certainly it has ramped up and it, everything is about to become official on Wednesday. Um, as we look at this class right now, you know, it has 19 high school players committed, uh, one transfer, Eric Rogers, a cornerback from Northern Illinois, uh, who's a Burlington Township uh, product. So, you know, it, it's definitely, um, you know, it's an interesting class. I mean, you have six kids from Florida, which is actually more than New Jersey or New York. They have five from Jersey, four from New York, um, you know, and, and, and we'll, you know, we'll get into this more later in the show, but a lot of kids who are a little bit more under the radar, um, some who weren't highly recruited or, you know, once they kind of got the Rockers offer um, or, you know, made their commitment, then they kind of started to get more on the radar. But a lot of them definitely um, kind of, you know, guys who Rockers is going to bring in and, and try and develop and, and see if they can really, you know, get some weapons out of them. 
We'll have an interview coming up with Bobby Darren from 24-7 Sports that will help us break down everything that's happened so far in the offseason for the Scarlet Knights. But, Chris, uh, before you get to that, uh, as we said, you know, a lot has changed, especially since Greg Schiano was at Rutgers last time around. Uh, this early signing day kind of becoming the bigger of the two signing days. You have kind of two recruiting efforts underway. Of course, you have the traditional high schoolers that are coming into the program, you know, kind of the more traditional recruiting route that a lot of fans are probably more used to. Then you have the whole Wild West that is the portal. And then just to make things even more complicated, you can throw some money involved as well uh, in terms of bringing players into your program. That's a factor that contributes to who joins your team, who leaves your team, that every college team has to deal with. So kind of when you look at all of those factors, you know, where's Rutgers' emphasis been and, and and how have they, you know, found some success or not found some success thus far? Well, there's no question. I mean, the transfer portal has completely changed college football. It really has become in a lot of ways free agency um, for the sport in ways that, you know, we had never seen before. Um, and it's, I mean, you saw it, you know, on December 5th when, when the portal, you know, technically opened um, for everyone who wasn't, a graduate transfer or who didn't have a coaching change during the season, those kids were able to go into the portal earlier, but on December 5th, it opened up for everyone. And you saw it. I mean, online, it was just, this guy's entered the portal. This guy's entered the portal. Not from Rutgers. They had a few leave, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it was just all over college football guys going in. So it, it really, it, it does change the way that college teams have to recruit. Now you have to leave some spots open for the portal guys um, and leave some room in your class. So it's definitely, it's definitely changed the way that recruiting is done. And, you know, I, I mean, Greg Schiano has always been very judicious about how he uses the portal. He uses it more to fill needs, kind of plug in some holes, maybe spots where the team has some depth at a position, but it's younger depth. And so that they need kind of a guy to kind of kind of bridge the gap until those guys are ready to play. Um, and so Rutgers has had some success doing that. Again, we'll see what, you know, Eric Rogers can do from Northern Illinois. Um, he's going to have an opportunity and I'm sure Rutgers is not done in the portal. They need some more help at, you know, wide receiver, tight end. Um, you know, probably a little bit more depth in the secondary. So there's definitely, I'm sure, more coming. Um, but it's definitely, as you said, Ryan, it's definitely changed the way that, that college football recruiting is done. It's complicated, and there's multiple moving parts, of course, involved. And again, this isn't exclusive to Rutgers. This is all of college football. But for the Scarlet Knights, of course, with all these changes to the program, all these people, all these players joining the program, we needed a little help to break it all down. So we are happy to be joined by our friend Bobby Darren from 24-7 Sports. He covers the Scarlet Knights. He's a recruiting analyst. We caught up with him the other day. Here's our chat with Bob. And of course, a special recruiting episode of The Chop calls for the need for a recruiting expert. We're thrilled to be joined today by Bobby Darren. He's a writer and recruiting analyst for Scarlet Nation, part of 24-7 Sports. Bobby, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks. I'm, and I'm just thrilled to be called an expert in anything. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true, of course. And we're happy to have you here to talk about what this Rutgers team might look like for next season. Uh, Rutgers currently has 19 members of its 2023 recruiting class. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from the group that Greg Schiano and his staff has assembled thus far? You know, this class, uh, it has a lot of unheralded guys in terms of the recruiting rankings, but you have to look at, uh, you know, Greg Schiano does a lot of due diligence uh, in analyzing these guys, and you see a lot of athletes, a lot of size on there. When he took over the second time, you know, he wanted to, to, to get a lot bigger. You know, you got guys like Davon Fuse, DeAndre Johnson, you know, 6'4", 
four, six, seven guys that could play at different positions. Jesse Ofure is a guy that could play multiple positions on defense. Uh, I, I think he could also play offense. He could play wide receiver. So you're seeing a lot of these guys with versatility come in with athleticism that may not be as proven but have that potential as development developmental type players that could really, you know, blossom. But again, none of them are proven in terms of four or five star recruits. But then again, you could say nobody, even the four and five stars aren't proven. But um, this class, I think you could hope to get, you know, some under the radar guys, but mainly just uh, get some pretty good depth to fill out that roster. Um, and, and, you know, you will find some of those under the radar guys. Greg is notorious for it. He's kind of made his mark with it, with the NIL situation the way it is. He's going to have to make his bones that way for the time being. Bob, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but is there anywhere you feel like this class really um, they, they address with this class? I mean, in terms of building up depth at a certain position group, adding more speed, size, I mean, where do you feel like they really addressed? Uh, you know, looking at the class, it's it's really all over the board. They, they didn't really go top heavy at one position. I mean, you see some wide receivers on there. That's an obvious position to need, but you're going to have to keep going there and grabbing guys until you get some proven ones. I mean, Chris, you know, we've sat through some Last year, where we were just watching the offense going, where are the receivers? What are they going to show up? What are they going to do? So, you know, they're throwing their hat into that ring once again, hoping something will land. You see some offensive linemen the same way. Um, you know, they found some athletes on the, on the camp circuit. Ian Strong is, is a guy who could potentially be a four-star. Had a breakout year. Uh, Rutgers saw him at a camp, ran really well. Is all but is all legit 6'4", um, very athletic. Um, you know, he's a guy they're really high on. And... Um, you know, you go across the board, there's, a, there's, you know, Jabril Rahman from Canada. You know, they've had success in Canada. Renee Conga, Wesley Bailey. You know, they're, they're looking at these other outlets, and, and they had success there. So you have some of these intriguing guys, but guys, you know, you're kind of like, oh, are they going to, are they going to, you know, fall on that side of the fence where they turn out to be really productive players? Or are they just going to fall by the wayside and find their way to the transfer portal in a couple of years. I think there's a lot of question marks in the class, but um, I think we'll find some some hidden gems in there, but you're also going to find some guys that wind up in that portal. Yeah, and you kind of touched on this, Bobby. That's kind of the theme so far for this class. A lot of players that can be considered under-the-radar type guys, guys that don't have a ton of offers from Power 5 programs. What do you think that says about the way that Rutgers is approaching recruiting? Well, I mean, they didn't necessarily go after these guys first. You know, they had uh, Christopher Johnson was committed, and I, I think, you know, he, he wound up getting a Georgia offer and decommitted. Uh, I think he's going to sign with Miami. You know, he's been all over with all these different schools. So they've had guys in the fold that they've been close with or had commitments left. But, you know, th this is the kind of guys they had to settle for. And as I've touched on, the NIL stuff isn't really working in their favor because you have these other programs just throwing out droves and droves of money at guys. You know, Rutgers doesn't have the same, uh, you know, they're not on that same NIL level yet. So it really changes the playing field when you're talking about recruiting. It's basically like free agency for, for the college level. And, you know, I hear stories of guys getting this much, this much, and a lot of money floating around, you know. So it's really intriguing in that it's changed the, 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 the entire dynamic of recruiting. Bobby, Rutgers has one quarterback committed in this class to Johnny Shepard from Iona Prep. Obviously, it's a big deal because they've added, added some depth there, and right now they only have two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster, and I have Evan Simon and Gavin Wimson. What have you heard about Shepard's potential? Where do you feel like he can, he can fit in, and, and when do you feel like he'd be making an impact? Because 
from what's out there, it sounds like he's got some skill, but is, is raw at this point. Yeah, and, you know, he doesn't have to come in and be the guy so he can take his time and learn, but he's a dual-threat quarterback. And one of the things that Greg Ciano has been preaching to these recruits is his next offensive coordinator is going to really be working with that dual-threat uh, quarterback. And I think it, it seems as though the way he's talking, that's going to be a big part of the offense. So they're going to need a guy who can use his feet as well as throw the ball. And, and if you watch it, Johnny, he, he's an accurate quarterback. You know, he's got a good arm. He, you know, he kind of just flings it out there and it goes. And quarterback recruiting is very unique because a lot of schools like to get it done early. And there's only usually one guy in the class. So, you know, a guy like him who's really started to come on as a senior – you know, he had, he was committed to Old Dominion, you know, had a decent amount of offers and, and started to propel his play as a senior. Rutgers took notice and, and jumped on him. Um, he's a guy that, that, you know, he blossomed a little later. And Greg has always been pretty good at that, like going in senior year and finding a guy because he's open-minded about it. A lot of schools will, you know, close the doors on guys because, you know, they, they fill up almost to capacity by, you know, the time these guys' senior seasons start. So um, I, I like his game. He's kind of like a, a, a better passing, more mobile Jonathan Lewis. Not quite as big, but has, you know, he, he looks big when you see him. He has that kind of, you know, imposing frame, has a strong arm, uh, just more accurate than John was. This is such an exciting time for fans with new players, of course, joining the program. Usually they have to wait a year or two before they really seem to contribute. But from what you've seen from this recruiting class, do you think anyone coming in might have a chance to contribute right away? I mentioned Ian Strong, uh, you know, and there's a need at safety, um, right? You know, it, it, losing Christian Izzy and losing Avery Young, you got Desmond Ignusen back there. And Rutgers also likes to play three safeties. They started three safeties the majority of the games last year. So um, that's a guy I'd really keep an eye on. Rutgers really likes him. Um, you know, he's coming in early, so he'll have that extra six months to, to do some things with. Uh, also, like Jesse Ofuri, who I mentioned, um, who likes the, who's coming in as wide receiver, but now he's more open to playing defense, uh, can play multiple positions, depends how big he gets, very good athlete. Um, he's a guy that can come in and help. And uh, Abram Wright from Florida, linebacker, really good ball player. I know they're going to have some linebackers, but Greg kind of likes to use his linebackers on special teams, and that's basically a segue to, to you know, legit playing time on the defense. And I, I think he's a guy that's you know also can make a splash early. He's coming in. Um, the long snapper Jake Elridge, he's probably going to be your starter next year at the position because you lose two of your long snappers from this year. Zach Taylor transferred, and Egrogowski exhausted his eligibility. So you have the number one ranked long snapper in the country coming in. And, and I mean, it's a lot to put on a freshman, but the kid played at IMG, um, you know, pretty solid kid. So you, you're going to see him get a lot of work and, and probably be the opening day starter. When you look at this class, too, and, and I mean, the Florida connection seems huge. I mean, they offered way more Florida kids than even New Jersey. I think it's, uh, you know, from what 24-7 sports, it was like more than twice as many kids from Florida got offers as Jersey. Um, six ended up committing. What do you think that says about that kind of the the uh, connection that Greg Schiano is establishing again with Florida? Because obviously that was, state was very good to him the first time around. I, I think, yeah, he really went back. And, and you're seeing it a little differently. Uh, it, it, the first time around it was it – was, heavy recruiting in South Florida because he had those ties from uh, when he was a Miami uh, defensive coordinator. So now you're starting to see the Tampa ties, his time up there at Berkeley Prep after he uh, coached the Buccaneers, obviously. Uh, so you're starting to see a little spread out more across Florida with, with more of an emphasis on that uh, Tampa area. But, you know, you're going in there again. There's so many athletes in there. And, and um, 
you know, I think what you saw from him was, you know, well, Jersey's not going to cut it. Um, I'm going to Florida. You know what I mean? The Jersey class was down this year, and, and you just go there and you got a lot of athletes, and you still have some projects. Belay Nakun from Orlando Christian, he's a he's a bit of a project, but he has raw athleticism. Moselle Williams from Hawthorne, Florida. It's a lowly uh, – it, it's one of the smaller uh, high schools there playing one of the smaller divisions, and it's not a high, highly recruited school. So they think they can get a developmental guy out of him. Uh, Jason Benjamin, you know, was the running back they pulled out of there. They, they thought they got in on him early when he was a little bit under the radar. So, um, you know, just basically trying to go down there and just get good athletes, good football players, because, you know, it, it's really heavy down there. But it's also heavily recruited now. So you see a lot of schools dipping in there. So, um, you know, you take six guys. If you hit on three of them, it's not a bad go. Exciting time for fans and a busy time for Greg Schiano and crew. Bobby Darren from Scarlet Nation and 24-7 Sports. Thanks so much for stopping by to help us make sense of it all. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Bobby Darren for joining the show. A lot of great info in there from him. Uh, Chris, as we kind of wrap up this first early signing day special edition episode here, just kind of uh, lay out for our listeners what comes next in this process and what are some things they can be on the lookout for. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, it's it's once they're all signed and they're, and they're officially in the program, then it becomes, you know, their, their development. And, you know, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, starting spring practice, which is going to be here before you know it. Uh, you know, that starts up in March. We'll, we'll get to see them on the field. But there are definitely kids in this class that I'm very intrigued to see, you know, a kid like DeAndre Johnson, um, Ian Strong. Um, you know, Fama Torre, I think, is going to have, a, you know, a, a big impact, you know, whether it's next season, we'll see. But I think that that's always the big key. And we talked about it with Bobby about, you know, who can contribute right away. That's always going to be interesting to see is, is what guys get that opportunity. Um, and, you know, it, it, it you never know. I mean, look at what Sam Brown did last season. And he wasn't an early enrollee. You know, he his school didn't allow him to do it. So he joined the program in the summer and look at the opportunity that he created for himself. And he proved that he could, you know, be a big piece of the offense before he suffered the injury. So it's always interesting to see what kids can come in and, and contribute right away. Um, and I think that this kid, this class definitely has some, you know, intriguing options for sure. It's an exciting time for fans too. you know, this past season, not a whole lot of positivity for the Scarlet Knights team. So, uh, you know, this off season as new players join the program, it's an exciting time to have these guys coming in. And of course, Again, not exclusive to Rutgers, but plenty of five-star guys out there that don't pan out. Plenty of one- and two-star guys that end up becoming stars. You really do never know. But it is an exciting time for college football fans as we start to look ahead to 2023. September 2nd will be here before you know it, Chris, as Rutgers takes on Northwestern to open next season. Of course, uh, we're just kind of getting started here in the offseason. We'll probably bring you another episode of The Chop coming up in the new year. We'll update you on who's joining the program once again and who's leaving the program. We'll try to make sense of that all. So look out for that in January. Of course, we have our Rutgers offseason tracker on NorthJersey.com, APP.com, MyCentralJersey.com. Chris is busy maintaining that with all the offseason news and changes coming to this Scarlet Knights program. So be sure to subscribe and follow along with that. And thanks for tuning in to our special signing day episode of The Chop. Again, thanks to Bobby Darren. Thanks to Chris. And we'll update you later on in the offseason. I'm Ryan Ross. Thanks for listening. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.